Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, families and friends and lurkers. Welcome to my imperfect podcast, Didi Banks at the Table. And I want to say, first of all, God bless each and every one of you as we are about to embark upon the holiday season, starting with Thanksgiving next week. Then we're going to go into Christmas, the birth of Jesus Christ. Then we're going to go into a brand new year, 2022. This year, 2021, has been a very, very challenging year and very different type of year as we came out of 2020, going into 2021 with this COVID-19. Many of us have lost family members and friends and leaders during this time. And I always say that the reason is because God is talking to each and every one of us. He has called each and every one of us to the platform of looking in the mirror and taking a look at ourselves from the inside and out. Amen. So I just wanted to uh, reiterate on that and the importance of knowing why we're going through what we're going through right now. I am not a psychiatrist. I am not a counselor. I don't have any of those type of degrees. I am not a biblical scholar. Everything that I say, it comes from my heart, my heart of, uh, and my heart of, of uh, ex- my own personal experiences or other people's stories that they have uh, laid upon me uh, to share their experiences with you. I, my last episode was about Queen Vashti. And I'm coming from the book of Esther. And the reason why I came from the book of Esther is because, like I mentioned, it is a very important book for all women to read. It is only 10 chapters, but it's very, very powerful. It's also controversial because God is not mentioned in this book of Esther. But God is present in this book. And God uses Vashti, Queen Vashti and Queen Esther to carry out their mission uh, to accomplish God's goals that he has for, had for them to carry out in the end. And that was to save his people, which is the Jewish people. And it relates to us today. I strongly believe that we are, we are the people, the chosen people. And why? It's because our lives as being black people mimic the lives of the Jewish people in the biblical times. That's just my own personal opinion. Okay, so I just want you to know everything that I speak about is my own personal perception. And if I'm wrong to you, then that's fine. You know, we could talk about it. Okay, but I want to go forth with the book of Esther and I'm going to start from chapter, I believe it's chapter two. I may be wrong about that. Now, just remember, there may be a few little imperfections here and there because it appears that Every time I try to start my podcast, there's a lot of dings in the background, a lot of distractions, especially when I'm coming from the Bible, because the devil does not want to hear 
what I have to say to you. So bear with me as I get through this. I had to write down almost everything I had to say because it has taken me three months to talk about this episode. And it's because it's so important uh, to me and I'm sure that it will be important to you. I'm going to start by doing the first 30 minutes because I know that your attention span is not very long. After 30 minutes, you might go to sleep. So as you're uh, cleaning your home or if you just want to listen to something that is just interesting and soothing to your soul, take the time out and listen to this episode about the book of Esther and the meaning of what God is saying to us. This is my interpretation of it. Let me pray. God, I thank you for being the center of my life. I want all that I say and all that I do to stem from your love and from your teachings. As I ask this, God, I ask that you give me wisdom and discernment so that I can effectively guard my heart in Jesus' name. And God, Release my tongue and my heart from the enemy's grip. Equip me to see and to feel the harm of injustice so that I may speak up for those hurt by this horrible sin. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So let's get started. We talk about Esther. Esther, who was Esther? Esther's real name is Hadassah, and that is her Jewish name. But she changed her name to appear as a Persian queen as we go along in this, um, this book. Hadassah, she was an orphan, she was poor, and she lost her mother and father at a very, very young age. Her uncle Mordecai adopted her as his own daughter. Now, when the king became sober, he remembered what he had done to Vashti. And, and he sort of regretted it, but he is a narcissist. And they don't have real feelings. So his servants had ministered to him and recommended that there be fair young virgins sought for the king. Now, in the biblical times, fair meant beautiful. And, and, the, and they suggested the king appoint officers in all of the provinces of the kingdom and gather all the fair virgins into the palace, into the house of women, and deliver them into the custody of, of Hagi, who was the king's chamberlain and keeper of the women, and, let, and for the women to let their process for purification be given unto them. Now, uh, this was like uh, here in America or in the world, how we have beauty pageants and, and young girls, young ladies, they go before the world to be judged, judged uh, by their beauty, their body, their intelligence to represent their country um, and or the world. So uh, this is a big judgment time. This is how uh, we as women were judged in the world's eyes. Of, of, of what we consider intelligence and what we consider what's the best body type and, and our beauty. But God sees our beauty from the inside, okay? And God prepares our inner beauty to be ready for the king, which is him. Okay, so before we go before the Lord, God prepares us 
with with uh, um, scriptures and you know and how we are supposed to live our life and you know it's and the world today is based on how we look on the outside what size we are our education our status or our neighborhood or our income but God does not see this at all it does not matter to God and that's what we have to remember God loves us for who he created us to be not the world's standards Amen. So that's one thing that is very important that we get into our spirit and know that we are from God and of God and not of the world. So now when Mordecai, he had heard about the casting call for all the beautiful virgins and Esther was also brought in into the king's house in the custody of Haggai, who is again the keeper of the women. Now Esther, please Haggai. And she, he, and he showed uh, kindness towards Esther. So he hurriedly gave her the things for her purification. Plus, he gave her seven maidens from the king's house and preferred Esther and her maids into the best place of the house of women. Now, did you catch that? None of the other um, young ladies received seven maidens uh, for uh, each of them, but Esther did. Haggai gave her favor over the other women, okay, because he's seen something in her. So then Esther, because of her being sweet and humble, on top of her beautiful self, God gave her favor. God gave her favor, and God's favor um, was passed on to Haggai to give her favor also. God will position us to receive a favor from people who come into our lives. Esther did not reveal that she was a Jew because her uncle Mordecai had told her not to do so. Now, why did Mordecai tell her do not reveal that she was a Jewish woman? Because most of the women there in that city were Persian or Iranian women. And Jewish women were considered the lower class. So if she would have told them she was a Jew, she probably wouldn't even made it into the palace, okay? And uh, her uncle, um, he advised her not to say anything about her being a Jewish woman. Now, Mordecai, he paced in front of the court of the women's quarters every single day to learn what was going on with Esther and her welfare and what was being done to her. Okay. Now each virgin had to go through the beauty treatments for one year before they can go before the king. They had to have six months of, uh, with oil and myrrh. Then they had to do six months with perfumes and other treatment to beautify themselves. Each woman was given whatever she wanted to take with her from the women's quarters to go into the king's palace. So the women went in the palace with the king, and by morning she had to leave and return to the second house of women, to the custody of Shaskaz, the king's who was the king's unit, who kept the concubines. And once there, they would not go back to see the king unless. He delighted in her and called for her by her name. So 
these young women took turns going in to see the king. They go in at night and would have to leave in the morning. And then they did not return to the first uh, location that they were entered in. They had to go to a second location, a second house, and they were amongst concubines. Now, I want you to take a uh, go into the dictionary and look up what a concubine is, okay? That is not anything of a compliment, okay? A concubine is a lower status, okay? You are considered, they don't consider you queen status, you're considered a concubine, okay? So, make note of that, and they were not to go before the king unless he called them by name. Now, how many times um, have we in our lifetime, now I'm uh, much older than probably many of you, and I did a lot of dating before uh, I got married the second time. And I really, really, uh, you know, I moved to the Washington, D.C. area. That's the first time I really, really had a chance to really date because it was a, uh, the DMV, uh, Maryland, Virginia, and D.C. was quite large, and so I had the opportunity to date, um, and I enjoyed myself dating, but I really did not have much experience in dating, so let me just tell you, so I just remember times, and I'm sure a lot of women have experienced when you visit guys, like when they take you out, they they shower you with, with um, the finer things in life, and You know, they may date you for a minute, but the minute you cross that line and give your body to a male, you have created a soul tie. So I just remember dating and and me dating. It took a minute for me to decide if I wanted to uh, get intimate with someone, because first of all, I uh, wanted to get to know them. I needed to trust them, but I trusted many that I should not have trusted. And so getting myself in that situation, I just remember times when, you know, when you get with these guys and they trick you into um, having um, intimate uh, relationships with them and then they make excuses, oh, uh, well, I've got a lot to do. I'm going to be busy these next few weeks or or I... um, I got things to do. So, you know, they make up all these excuses. So you may not hear from them for maybe a few days or a week or maybe a month. And they come up with these excuses because you have been put on a rotation. Men have rotations. And a lot of women, we fall or have fallen for these tricks of these misogynists, these narcissists who make us feel that we are important, that we are are special. But once you give your body, it makes you feel so violated. It makes you feel like, you know, if you have any kind of, um, if you have a heart, some women today don't have hearts, but it really bothers you when you have done something like that, especially if you're a virgin. And your virginity has been taken away from someone who did not care about you. Come on now, that is a big blow. Or a woman who held herself, held herself and thought she had the right guy. And then you get robbed of your body, your precious body, to someone that wasn't deserving. And you just feel empty inside. And you have created a soul tie. And that's what causes insecurity. And, and so we have to be very, very careful 
uh, when this happens to us because this is how uh, we become get the mindset of a concubine. A concubine doesn't know who she is. A concubine will do any and everything to get attention from a male. And unfortunately, it is a rough road to travel. So um, you, you, when you're a part of this, when you learn about a rotation and how men feel, uh, men that really don't care about women, men who don't have relationships with Christ or don't know how to love because due to their background or whatever, you know, whatever the situation may be, so many have hurt women. And we have to understand that and we have to be very, very wise about the decisions that we make and put our hearts uh, in the company of just anyone. We, we need to have discernment upon who you give your body to, okay? But when it came to Esther, Esther, she went into the palace with the king. And be, but before she went before the king, she didn't request anything. She only had herself. She went right, with, she didn't carry, I mean, she didn't have anything. She just went before the king with her pure, humble heart. And when she went before him, he gave her favor. He gave her favor above all the women. Now, why is that? Why did Esther get favor above all women? First of all, because she had favor with God. And God, she was able to use her beauty and that beautiful heart she had to influence the king. Okay, this was God's plan for her. God has gifted each and every one of us with something that we have that has an influence on other people. We can get anything we want accomplished if we let God lead us. Okay, if we have the heart, right heart and spirit in mind, okay? Now here, now here um, with this, when, when she received favor from the king, God was at work. Esther had went in at 10 months versus 12 months. I'm just breaking it down, the favor she got. She only had 10 months uh, before she went before the king, okay? And in the 10 month, 10 month, the month of Tebeth, in the seventh year of his reign, Tebeth means good, goodness, the 10th month of the Hebrews. Now, God was preparing her as he does us before he sends us out here in the world to accomplish his mission and not our mission. Now, when we become of age and we um, learn to read and write and understand, God starts preparing us before we go out into the world. If we're led by his guidance, God allows us to receive salvation because we were born in iniquity. We were born in the, we came into the world as sinners and we need to be born again. And in order to be born again, you have to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You have to repent before him all things that God is not pleased with. Okay, you have to do this because God sacrificed his only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for us. And when Jesus died on the cross, God forgave us. 
Jesus died and on the third day he rose. So his spirit lives today and it lives within us who have received salvation. We have acknowledged that he is our Lord and Savior and we have asked him to come into our heart. Okay, so that's where it starts. Okay, now the next thing that happened was in walked Esther. The king loved her again more than any other woman. She obtained favor in his sight, so he set the crown on her head and made her queen versus Vashti. So Vashti is out, Esther is in, and he was so excited to have Esther as his queen because she was not only just beautiful to look at, but her spirit. Okay, and and she, like us today, have got to have that type of spirit as Esther has. The willing to say yes, which means yes to the Lord. She was willing to say yes, to give up her virginity, to go before the king so that God can use her for his glory. Because this was a large task and he needed her to do this. And many women like Esther God gave us favor. You know, a lot of us have have come from poor backgrounds. A lot of us have been broken or maybe still broken. So many are uneducated and the world has casted us out, casting many of us out because we weren't good enough for the standards of the world, which were smart enough, rich enough. Your background wasn't enough, but God's seen in us What God seen in us was his way and he gave us favor and an opportunity to be in a situation that could take you out of us out of poverty and provide us with wisdom over a four year degree, uh, uh, being able to live in a life of luxury. You know, we can buy anything, go anywhere. God uses ordinary people the lowly people, the ones that has the beautiful heart and kind spirit of Christ. Amen. So this is what's important. It's the inner beauty. We have to work on our inner selves and our inner selves will help us with our outer selves. Amen. Because God will empower us eternally to carry out what we need to carry out externally, okay? And he gives us favor and the gifts for him to use us for his glory. So the king, he was so excited about um, uh, Queen Esther that he had a great feast. And it was called the Feast of Esther for all of his officials and the servants uh, and proclaimed a holiday in the provinces and gave gifts according to the generosity of the king. Now, as Mordecai still sat in front of the king's gate, two of the chamberlains that kept the door were very angry and planned to lay their hands on the king and kill him. But when Mordecai got wind of that plot, he sent a message um, for a chamberlain to go and tell the king, to, to tell Esther. And Esther told the king what Mordecai had told her about the plot to kill him. 
So the king had the chamberlains hung on a tree and it was written in the book of Chronicles before the king. Now, this is my spin. God is at work again. Now he is using Mordecai the Jew to carry out his mission by using him to save the king's life and telling Esther there was a plot to kill him. Now God will use people to come into your life and my life or allow us to see for ourselves the iniquity, the the systemic racism, hatred of others, division among his people and poverty and hunger and homelessness and gerrymandering, gentrification, etc. But Mordecai, he was protecting the king who, who in turn was protecting his niece, Esther, so that they can carry out God's mission that he has placed on them to do. Okay, so Esther and Mordecai were on a mission to protect the king so that the king could look out for the interest of Mordecai's niece, Esther. Now here in chapter three, the king decides to promote Haman, a narcissist who hated Jews and he was a a racist. The king advanced him and set his seat above all the princes that were with him. The king commanded that all the servants bow down to him, but Mordecai did not, nor did he recognize him to be a royalty. So the servants asked Mordecai, why didn't you acknowledge Haman as the king had commanded? And they asked him why every day that he didn't bow down to Haman or acknowledge him. And they told Haman to see whether Mordecai's matters would stand. For Mordecai had told them that he did not bow down to Haman or honor him because he was a Jew. Now, this is big. This is where we are living in the land of racism. Certain white people, white privilege, they think that we as black people for over 400 years should bow down to them. We've been mistreated by white people for over 400 years, not all white people, but a lot of white people. So the blood of racism is on this land. And because of racism being on this land, the ancestors from back in the day are still, the the spirit of them still lives on the land. And this is why we are mistreated as black people. That's why we're going through this systemic racism. That's why we're being treated the way we are being treated is because the blood of racism is on this land. We are not to bow down to anyone for anything as a black person or any race. Really, any race. But as knowing who you are and knowing that we should never, ever bow down to human beings or things. We should never do that because that's called idolatry. Idolatry. Worshiping things and people that we put before God. So Mordecai, 
He refused to bow down to Haman or any human because he didn't want to betray his allegiance to God. God, who is the was a God of the Jewish people and bowing down to a man in a form is a form of idolatry. This message is for us today. We are not to bow down or idolize anything other than God. People are, people have idols that we don't even realize, but some of us do. We do realize it. Anything that we worship more than God is an idol. Money, job, people uh, in the church, pastors and bishops, and, and then on our jobs, our bosses and managers. Then you got rappers and singers and actors, uh, all these things, and people uh, uh, that we idolize. And God is a jealous God. I remember my mother telling me when I was a young girl, well, you know, uh, not only a young girl, but uh, when I became an adult, um, I must have been like in. Mm, early 30s, somebody introduced me to uh, Buddhism, and my mother found out about it, and she yelled at me. She said, you know, you sitting here, God is a jealous God. You're worshiping something other than God, and oh my God, I didn't understand what she meant. But as I put it away, and I was preparing myself to move to the D.C. area, and and then as I uh, got to D.C., and I, I um, got into church and everything, and I realized what I was doing, and I realized what my mother had said and what she had meant. There's no jealousy like a jealous jealousy from God. There's no comparison. When we put people on pedestals who are in high places because uh, um, certain people, especially narcissists, they demand that people bow down to them. They're very manipulative people, men and women, and they are in leadership positions and they threaten, bully people and abuse their power So people will idolize them because they don't know who God really is. And they are scared that the person could jeopardize their status, their friendships, their positions, their marriage, their relationships, etc. Mordecai did not care. And he knew that this narcissist would come after him for not bowing down to him. And yeah, it's true. When you don't bow down to a narcissist, They're going to come after you in one way or the other because they're determined to win. So after about uh, a year of this not bowing down to Haman, Mordecai got angrier and angrier and he decided to go to the king with a lie. He told the king that there was a certain people scattered abroad and dispersed amongst the people in all of the provinces of his kingdom and their laws are diverse from all people and not for the king's gain. And he then asked the king to let it be written that they may be destroyed and he will pay 10,000 talents of silver to the hands of those that have the charge of the business to bring it to the king's treasures. So Haman put a hit out on the Jewish people, just like there is a hit out on black people and brown too. But black people, you think about it. There's a hit, has been a hit on us for over 400 years. The blood of the racist has spilled on the land. Haman's spirit has spilled on this land.
That's why you got to know who God is. It's important as a black woman, a queen, to know who God is. Because we are the ones who populate the earth. God gave us the bodies to bring forth life to populate the earth. And if that's not powerful enough to know that you're a queen, oh baby, you better wake up and wake up. Smell the coffee, you better wake up. That's powerful. That makes you powerful. You are a queen, okay? Haman hated the Jews. This is my own spin on it. Haman hated the Jews because he seen something different in them. And he hates people who love God. And sincerely, from their heart, they love Jesus. Look at your job when you're on your job. When you have the light of Christ, people hate you. When you're in organizations and you stand up for what is right, people hate you. People hate those who have the light of Christ and are going to stand up for injustice and going to stand up for what's right. And you know who you are. You walk with your head up and your back straight. And no matter what anybody says to you, you know who you are. You know you are a child of God and you stand by that. Nothing can come up against you when you have God in your life. Trust me. Trust me, the devil hates anything that has light. That's why there's so many people with dark spirits, because they love worshiping the devil. They have the spirit of the devil. And people who have light with love and kindness and a beautiful spirit, they have the light of Christ. So we have a battle going on here. Okay, so after Haman went to the king with this big lie and he uh, um, convinced the king that all Jewish people should die. The king took off his ring and gave it to Haman and the letters went out to all the provinces to destroy, to kill and to cause and perish all the Jews and take the spoil of them. Okay, in one day, this letter was published to all people and they were ready, and the Jewish people were to get ready for that horrible day. Now this happens to be us every single day. We are harassed, shot, killed, fired by managers and bosses. Our homes are taken away because of unpaid taxes and or getting behind on our mortgage payments due to losing our jobs or, you know, our checks being garnished due to uh, medical bills or child support, whatever the reason may be. But we've been going through this stuff and fighting for equality for over 400 years. Now our voting privileges are trying to be taken away. We've got student loan debts and when we we are able to go to college and we get this these student loans. Our interest rates are higher than the average white person. You know, we've got high interest rates when it comes to buying homes. You know, that's how they get us. And they jail us and they document us to keep us from getting uh, a good job or, or housing. So, you know, now they're targeting our high school kids. You know, they're targeting them and getting them to get a record so that they... They will have to work manufacturing jobs. 
And then when you go to rent a house, you know, or, or rent an apartment, you got to pay, pay all these high deposits because you got a criminal record. We are liquid gold to the white people, to the rich people, to the crooked people who are in power. But God is still in the midst, no matter how it looks, God is in the midst. Now I'm going to pause right here and I'm going to continue on in my next episode about what happens after Haman put out that, put the letters to all the provinces that the Jewish people will be murdered. Okay, because I know your attention span beyond a half hour may slip away. But I want you to stay tuned to part two of the episode of Esther, the new queen that is in charge of what God has called her to do. She's leading out. Okay, stand by. <laughs>